0: Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello Ivy Church. Hello Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. Gamma jamma. Karaboni karisani Ivy Church. Good to see you. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. So, you know, often you don't think that God might be able to use you. Um, I, I went to Bible college when Britt and I, when we were younger, we had three children already. I went for two years to Bible college, and I remember this last service, so you receive the certificate. And everyone received a certificate, apart from me, because I received a paper saying not able for the spiritual ministry. Yeah? And so I said, wow, yeah, but I knew God is calling me. So I can tell you one thing, however you feel and whatever people think about you, just do it. Okay. And today I'm a teacher, and actually I'm a mentor in this Bible college for some leaders. Yeah. And um, so when I, I teach there, they present me in a very simple way. Hey, this is Björn Ludke. he is the proof that faith overcomes inability. <laughs> okay, so it's not the question if you feel able, it's the question if you believe. Okay, so before we go into the word, let's just pray, because there's a, 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 a spiritual principle. God is just suggesting things. If it's happening, depends on us. And one thing he likes is to receive an invitation. And not just invita- inviting by, always oh, singing songs, but telling him very clear, I allow you to speak into my heart. And this, be careful, might be dangerous. Okay. But I would like to pray. And if you would like that God speaks to you tonight, please tell him this with your own words. Okay. Well, just thank you. Holy Spirit, you're here. And when you're here, you make the difference. And because you're here, Lord, I want to welcome you. Not just worship you, Lord, I want to tell you, (coughs) speak to my heart. I allow you to speak and I promise to listen. Lord, give your living word into my heart so that it creates faith in my life and this faith will find action so that your name will be glorified. So Holy Spirit, I ask you for anointing to speak. And for anointing to listen so that your living word will bring its fruit in and through our lives i pray in jesus name amen i believe in multiplication and i learned something to see multiplication it is so important that i see and that's why i called my preaching i really want to see and i made i I, I worked a bit on a picture as you see behind yeah. So there's this woman with the virtual reality glasses. Who, who took already virtual reality glasses? Did you ever do this? This is fun. Yeah, some did. It's really fun. So you know you are perhaps in an office and you put these glasses on and suddenly you are somewhere. And you turn around, it turns around with you and you see everything. So last time I did this, I was in the US in Dallas in an office and they gave me these glasses to make a walk through the old city of Jerusalem. So, Britain. and I were regular in Israel, so I knew the old city of Jerusalem. So, and I think, wow, I know this place, and my, my brain says me, you're in the office. <laughs> my eye says, you're in Jerusalem, yeah? and there was quite a mix. But you see here in, on this, this picture, we can be believers, and we really love God, and it's serious, but we create our virtual reality. And we don't see what is really happening out there. I'm coming from the city of Marseille. Marseille is, is a nice city and it's a dangerous city. This depends how you see it. It depends where you walk. It depends how open your heart is. Do I really want to see behind my personal reality, my virtual reality? And this is where I would like to go tonight because if you want to speak about multiplication, if you want to speak about what God can do through you, through, indiv- through each one of us, it depends if we run around with open eyes and we see the reality or if we only see what we want to see and this can be so different and this is honestly it's not easy we live in a time through media through social social networks where we get so much bad news we get so many, we hear about the wars, we hear about the famines, we hear about the earthquakes and so on and so on, we about the suffering of people. And you know what happens? Our soul shuts down. Because our soul can only cope with a certain amount of negative messages and news. So it is normal when we watch too much bad news on Facebook, Insta, whatever, TikTok, or on the news or in the journal we read, in a certain moment, our soul shuts down. And you walk through your city, and you don't see the suffering of the people anymore because your soul doesn't want to see it. Okay? And so we have to learn as believers again often to, to really look into it. We might go to a shopping center or into a supermarket, we we, we all we, we want to pay and there's a person receiving our our our, our credit card or our cash and, and and we don't see this person anymore. We just Give it on. We don't see if they are suffering, if they are well or not well. We don't even expect perhaps that the Holy Spirit has in this very moment a person in front of us, he wants to heal because we don't see. And there's an interesting story in in the New Testament. It's a strange story. It's written in Mark, Gospel of Mark in chapter 10 verse 46 to 51 it says and they come to jericho who is they it's jesus and the disciples so for those who are never in in, in israel I'll explain you the situation so jericho is called the city of palm trees so it's it's in the judean desert it's very dry around it's the the way from jerusalem to the dead sea uh, you get down the the the, the mountains from jerusalem Everything is dry, you walk a long time, everything is dusty, and then you see Jericho. Yeah? And it's still dry, but there are at least some palm trees. Yeah? And, and it's not as green as here in the, in the UK with the wonderful grass and so. But it's, it's not nice necessarily. But Jericho was, was a good city. And then it says, And when he went out of Jericho, so they passed through Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, the son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus, the blind man, said, Begging by the way. So just imagine the situation. Here is not a street, it's just a path, it's dust. Yeah? And there's this guy, Bartima, sitting every day on the floor. He's begging. So he's blind, so probably he's listening quite well. His senses are better developed on this side. So, so regularly he, see, he listens to people walking along, he gets the news. And somehow he has heard there is a Jesus somewhere. He doesn't know if it's a rabbi, he doesn't know if it's a prophet, he has heard only that he's healing people. Okay, but he is sitting there in the dirt. So now suddenly he hears some sound approaching. And he might feel the sense of of a cloud of dust being in the air, because if it's very dry and many people walking, there's dust in the air. And suddenly he gets the news. He gets the news and continues like this. And when he heard that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. And so we see that he knew everything about Jesus. He knew where he turned to. And then it happens that all the time happens and many urged him to be silent. Yet he discovered something when you were starting to, to cry out to Jesus, when you start expressing your hope, there are all the time this voice is coming up to tell you one thing, shut up. Don't do it. Don't be crazy. Don't be foolish. Don't go this step of faith. Don't cry out to Jesus. But before this voice has come, the first question is, is there a cry in your heart? Is there still a cry in your heart? Is it, are you so full of hope when you only hear the name of Jesus that automatically in your heart is coming up This cry that God might be able to use you, that God might be able to act through you, that God wants to bring healing through you, that he wants to change lives through you. Is this cry still there? That when only you hear the voice saying Jesus is approaching, hope is rising up. But because there were only these voices who tell you, be silent, when the hope is crying, and crying means crying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, use me to heal the sick. Yeah. Have mercy on me, use me to set the captives free. Yeah. Have mercy on me, I want to see people being baptized. Oh, have mercy on me, I want to see a church in my home. Yeah. Have mercy on me. It's a cry there in your heart. It's a cry there in our heart. And many urged him to be silent. And I like Bartimaeus, but he cried all the more. Yeah. And I, I love this. So many people told me, Björn, when you grew, grow older, you will calm down. I said, never, never, ever, never, ever. And so now I'm 56 years old, I'm still quite noisy. And I, will, I promise you something. As long as I can make a noise, I will make a noise. Yes, yeah? Because no one will tell me, be silent. Because there's hope in my heart. There's hope in my spirit. And I want to, I want to, I want to give this hope regular food through what? Through the actions of faith. Yeah. Because every time when I serve Jesus in, in a certain way, it provokes faith in my life and a new hope is rising, a greater hope is rising. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And I read and say, hey Jesus, come on. Look, there's Bartimaeus. You see, he's blind. He's in the dust. He's sitting down there and, and you you're Messiah. You're over here. Can't you go to Bartimaeus to help him? Why do you call him? I mean, just imagine the situation. He's on the floor. He has to stand up. He's blind. So there are many people. So he has to make his way. Somewhere there is Jesus. Jesus, this is not a good pedagogical idea, not to go to him. But so often I discover my own life. And just be honest, how often are we sitting in the dust? And we hope when we cry out to Jesus that he will come to us. Bad news for you, he will never come. You know, there's only one moment in the Bible where it says Jesus comes. This is when we invite him into our lives. From this very moment on, we have to go to Jesus. If we sit in the dust, in the dirt, if we are blindfolded or whatever, we have to find our way to Jesus. He's not making it easy, but he's making a way. And he's calling us, he's calling you tonight. He's calling you, asking you, are you ready to stand up? Oh, but I don't know where you want me to have, Jesus. Oh, I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are. Come on, here I am. Here, where, where, But where you are, Lord, what is your will? He, come on, come on. It's not easy for Bartimaeus, but he went and he found him. He found him. Call him. And they call the blind man and say to him, be of good cheer, get up. He's calling you. And I love Bartimaeus. But he threw off his outer garment, jumped up and came to Jesus. It's not just, he didn't say this, oh, 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 let's get up, he jumped up. Why? Hope yes. was in his heart. And hope will all the time look for opportunities to serve God, to meet Jesus, to, to see Jesus. And Jesus lifted up and said unto him, now imagine, is, is, he found Jesus. What do you want me to do? Again, Jesus, hey, first you don't go into his problem. You expect him to come to you. And then you see he's blind and you ask the silly question, what do you want me to do? Man, he's blind. <laughs> come on. And so often it's me, I think like this, sort of, oh God, you know what I need. Yeah, but what do you want? So the question, what you need, what you want, what do you want me to do? And so often we don't say this. Do you would like to be used by God? Hello? Yes. Anyone? Yes? Yes? So do we say this really to God? Are we really crying out? Oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Use me. What do you want me to do? Um, Healing some sick? <laughs> some blind eyes open? I don't know. Jesus, what do you want me to do? But the blind man said to him, "Rabuni, that I may see again. And it's a funny question, really. The question behind this, I believe, is, is, do we really want to see how God sees? Are you ready to see the things you don't like? Are we ready to open our eyes to see the society in which we live behind the doors, behind the facades? It's not easy. It's not easy. Do I want to see the nice Marseille? the heavy Marseille. Am I ready to pay the price when I'm, when I'm going around? And when I sh- started thinking about this idea of seeing, I came very f- quick to this, this word of more than seeing, recognizing. And we know from the Bible in, 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 in Genesis 4 verse 1, 1, it says, and man so Adam recognized Eve. In the Bible, this word recognition, Is about sexual relationship, so means about the most, most, the most wonderful way to have a very intimate, private discovery of one another in marriage. Okay, so but the word which is written there is is the Hebrew word yada, and yada has three components. So it's not just seeing. It's not oh, I I see, I see a person out there. It's the first component is observation. So we. to observe a person. So when we yada someone, yeah, you will have this on the next slide. Oh, yeah. yeah is, we observe a person, and this means we're looking for the d- details. I want to understand. I'm not just looking to a person, I, I watch, I, I look exactly, I observe, I, I, I look behind what I just see. Okay? And then when I yada, when I observe, it creates something in me, the desire to take care of. Yeah? So, the, uh, sorry, to put the next one. The desire to take care of in English, exactly. The desire to take care of something. So when we really see the situation of a person, what happens? The Holy Spirit provokes in us the desire. Okay, I want to be the answer. I want to be part of the solution. God is the God of salvation. Salvation means solution. So Jesus has a solution for every person in every situation. But he brings a solution through you and me. So, but I have to yada. I have to observe, I, to show that I want to understand so that the Holy Spirit creates in me the desire to care for some, someone or for a situation. And then the third component of, of yada that we not just, just us, um, observe and that we just uh, take care, but then also we see the salvation. So the third part of this, we recognize this, the plan of salvation of God in the situation. throughout Through the word of the Holy Spirit. Bringing a word into a situation. And it's not all the time clear. From time to time, God will do strange things. But they will work because they are from God. They are from God. You don't know, we heard just about the wonderful start of the group a church serving Jesus. We had the situation in, 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 uh, in COVID time. So there was this young student, also a student actually, I'm from Maurice Island in the, in the Indian Ocean, Hindu background. He gave his life to the Lord. And he said, oh, I want to get baptized, but tomorrow's lockdown. Can we do it today? And so one of our leaders went over to his place, water in the bath, ba- explained everything about baptism, everything about baptism, Holy Spirit, into the water, out of the water, hands on, speaking in tongues, hallelujah. Locked down. Several days later, he phones our leader and says, oh, I have a problem. I said, what problem? I share the gospel with my mother. Actually, she gave her life to the Lord. What should I do? And he said, oh, what did I do with you? Oh, you explained me everything, you put the water into the, into the bath and you baptize me and, and, and that's it. Okay, why, not, why, why don't you do it? Oh, I'm just three days a christian well, that's not a problem yeah you don't need a certain certificate of, of age or so yeah. and so yeah could you help me yeah let's do zoom so we were on zoom he was brought his mother into the bath got the water in put the mother down and you know is it right like this is it okay yeah yeah and the father son holy spirit boom in the water but he didn't say anything about baptism of the holy spirit she went into the water came out of the water started speaking in tongues wow this is incredible so so Ten days passed by. Mother and son, who had now a discipleship relationship—the three days old disciple with the one day old disciple—being trained on Zoom by a bit older disciple. But they shared the gospel direct. So ten days later, we receive a phone call: "We have a problem. We shared the gospel with our family on Maurice Islands. They gave the life to the Lord. What should we do? What did you do? Oh, uh, you explained everything. We baptised, and that's it. Why don't you do it with your family?" Yeah, but there is no believer, we we only know Hindus on Maurice Islands. Okay, let's do a Zoom. And so they got the whole family, 20 people on Zoom. And we said, okay, where's water? Oh, we have a beach nearby, go to the beach. Yeah, but who can baptize? Oh, you can baptize each other, it's the best way if you don't have anyone else. So they went two by two into the water and baptized each other, the newborn. So everyone who went into the water, came out of the water, speaking in tongues. Everyone. So suddenly we have a house church on Maurice Island. No one of us was ever there. Sometimes there are ways of God. Sometimes there are ways of God we don't understand. The question is, are we ready? Are we ready to serve God? Because we observe. We want to understand. We say, I take care. Come on, God, I'm the answer. You will use me. I will take the plan, your word your call, and God will show us the way to do it. And from time to time, he might use Zoom. <laughs> but there are four criteria of of yada, I would say. Four criteria of vision. And I would bring you on to this. The first is, I think God wants us to see as Moses sees. So when we see as Moses sees, you can I, you can read this in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. You, we know Moses was this mighty man, um, leader of Israel. But in the beginning, he was just a kid put into a, into a basket on a river because he was in danger of death, was found by the, the people of the, of the king's palace, Pharaoh in, 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 in Egypt, was brought up on the king's palace, but suddenly he understood he's Hebrew, he's not Egyptian. He started to see in such a way that he identified himself yeah. with the Hebrews in Egypt. Now, this was four centuries of slavery. Just imagine one moment, we are in 1623, 400 years ago. No one of us knows what happened in the last four years exactly, but as long as the Israelites were in slavery, this was culture, this was normal life. And there's this guy saying, I'm of the king's palace, but I'm part of this people, I identify myself. Then he tries, his own way to find the solution he kills a guy discovers this is not God. 40 years into the desert comes back as the great leader god uses him and it's so important when we want to see multiplication if we want to reach the city where we are in the region where we are in the nation we're in we have to identify with the people where god is calling us to live we have to identify ourselves so how do i identify my, with the people i feel like they feel I understand what's happening with them, what's going on with them. And without this identification, we don't get onto the second level. The second level is we see as Jesus sees. So imagine the situation. Jesus is there and he walked with his disciples to Jerusalem. So when you come from the Mount of Olives, you look down onto the old city of Jerusalem. Wonderful view, some of you might have seen this on pictures already. And so um, it's a a very traditional, very, very well known view on Jerusalem, the classic view of Jerusalem. Um, But Jesus is not saying, wow, great, Jerusalem, he's crying. He says, how? Why is he crying? Actually, he sees a people without a shepherd. What does he see? He sees Jerusalem, what is Jerusalem? Just to bring you in the context again, Jerusalem was the place to be. The temple of God was in Jerusalem, the only place on the entire earth to worship God. The only place on the entire earth to get your sins forgiven. There were pe- the most incredible people living. People who knew the Bible by heart. They knew everything about faith. They knew everything about good life. They called ph- 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 Pharisees and, and Sadducees. This were, today we would say this, are this type of Christians who know the entire Bible. You speak to them and they answer you in Bible verses. And they say, "Wow, they know the Bible. They are great. This is this type of people. It was the place to be." And Jesus looks at them and he cries for compassion. If we don't identify as Moses, we will never come to a point that we have compassion with the people. And something very interesting: Jesus cried over the people of God, who did everything well in their idea. We can sit in our church and miss it. Hey, friends. We can sit in our church and miss it. It's not because we do Christian activities that we will see Jesus yeah. in action. Yeah. It's we allow Jesus living through us makes the difference. Yeah. Okay. And so God wants to help us that we, yada, that we that we that we observe, that we identify ourselves, that we use, that we are ready to, 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 to take on the solution and bring the solution. But everything has to be based on compassion. So, when did you cry the last time for your neighborhood? When did you really see them as they are? So we need identification. And we need compassion to see as Jesus sees. And only when we see as Moses sees and we we see as, as, as Jesus sees, we can start looking and seeing as Peter sees. Peter in Acts 10 is written, he was, he was in the city of Jaffa, which is today out of Tel Aviv. He was, he was on a roof and he had a vision. He was in prayer and he had a vision and there was like, like, like a, um, a cloth coming down from heaven with a lot of, of animals on and all these animals were unpure. And he heard a voice saying, eat. And he said, no, 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 oh, Satan behind me, I know this one. Yeah, so no, I won't do a thing which is sin. I'm not allowed to eat these animals. And, and the voice says, eat. No way. And you know, this is probably the only situation in the entire Bible where God speaks against the Bible. Peter did something non-biblical. God t- told him, eat. But God, you yourself gave the law. I am not allowed to eat this. So you speak against your Bible. Oh, and then the Lord says, if I say it's okay, it's okay. If I say it's okay, it's okay. But God, you said in the past, it's not okay. You change your opinion, this is not biblical. <laughs> there are moments where we have revelation of Jesus, which makes a difference. I was in Algeria and uh, we had different meetings. And so people came six to seven hours by foot into the service. And they said, oh, but pastor, we can't bring our, our sick people in our village. Can you come to the village? They can't come. It was, it was a time of civil war, couldn't get out of the city. There were bombs everywhere and, and, they said, and the Holy Spirit said to me, ask them, them to, to, to come back in the next day to bring the t-shirts of the sick. So this was a word. I wouldn't write a book about this. They talk, brought the t-shirts along the next day. And we worked, looked on the, on the watch, we wrote down the time when we prayed over every t-shirt. The most of them, the owners of the t-shirts who were back in the, in the, in the houses in the mountains, were here in the very moment when we prayed over the t-shirts. Would i write a book on this no would i make a doctrine out of this no but there are moments we need the holy spirit we need the holy spirit because he wants to use us in every day's life but we have to see as moses sees to identify as jesus sees to have compassion and as peter sees to get out of the box there are from time to time moments where we have to go a new way and if peter wouldn't have said yes to this we wouldn't be in church today because he brought the gospel to the non-Jews, okay? So he was able to get out of the box because his relationship with God was so good that it was no problem to do something non-biblical. And from time to time, God might ask you to do things which are very strange. (laughs) And I come to the last point. We should see as William Carey sees or saw. Now you say, who is William Carey? He's not in my Bible. That's true, he's not in the Bible, he was a young pastor. And he had heard about tribes in, in the nations who had never heard the gospel. He was convinced everyone should hear the gospel. Everyone. But in this time's mission was only the colonies. So where, was, where the British were, the Spanish were, the Portuguese, the Dutch and so on, there the missionaries would go. But where there were no colonies, no one would go. Okay? And so William Carey hears this and he was so touched, he wanted to bring the gospel to these places. And then it says, when William Carey raised his voice in a pastor's meeting in 1786 at the age of 25 and raised the question of the duty of every Christian to bring the gospel to the whole world, he received the following answer, young men sit down again. If God were pleased to convert the Gentiles, he certainly would not use you for them. For, uh, use you for this. Sorry, I think I missed it there. I use you for this, it's here written wrong. Yeah? So, I, God wouldn't use you. So, they said no, and William Carey said no, The impossible is impossible. Mm. Not, not, not doing is not possible. Yeah. So William Carey went from mission to mission and asked, I want to become a missionary, but not in the colonies, but to the other nations. And every mission said no. What did William Carey do? He started his own mission and he became the father of the modern mission. When we see, as William Carey sees, we write history. We write history in people's lives, in neighborhoods' lives, in city life, perhaps in nations. These are the four ways. But the question is hey, Basimius, are you still sitting in the dust? Or are you going towards your Messiah? saying, uh, Jesus, son David, have mercy on me. I want to see, as as Moses said, I want to identify myself with my neighborhood, with my city. I want to see, so that I I have compassion, that I can cry again with those who suffer, that I can see the reality of the people. I, I want to see, as Peter sees, to get out of the box, do it in a new way, if the old way doesn't work, I won't stop to discover new ways until I find the solution. I want to see it as William Carey sees, so that history is written. In lives of families. When we, and I finish with this, we will pray in a minute. When we started our ministry in Marseille, we went to the poorest neighborhood of France, one of the most dangerous places of Marseille. And many Christians told us, incredible that you go there where you do live. And we said, in this neighborhood. And they said, you can't go there, it's too dangerous. Your children, they have no future if they stay there. And we said, we said, we believe that God told us that this neighborhood will be transformed in such a way that Christians will move in. Because its reputation will be as big. Today you come to our neighborhood, every year two million tourists go through our neighborhood. New York Times is writing for the fifth year in a row, you should visit our neighborhood of one of the top 20 places in the world. It's a place where many people and tourists come. We have many house churches in our neighborhood now. It's hard to get out of the house without meeting a Christian. It all starts with a person standing up saying, I want to see, I want to see. Let's just, let's just close our eyes. As a musician, if you want to come already, or if you want to pray, stay down and come after, but just close our eyes. This is a moment, which is very important. I call it the the moment where I look into the mirror. Every morning when I look into my mirror, I discover my reality. And this is a bit the same situation. We look into our mirror and we ask ourselves, do I see? Do I really see? And ask yourself, this question. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you the answer. Do you identify fully with the people around you? Are you suffering with them? Is the compassion so strong that, that the hope in you provokes a crying out to Jesus that he might use you to bring the change? Are you so courageous to, to get out of the box, to try it in a new way so that the people might find salvation are you thirsty to write the history of people of men and women of families of neighborhoods are you ready to be used by God Bartimus went to to Jesus. And Jesus said, Hey, what do you want me to do? Rabboni. That I see. That I see. And Jesus did it. And I think tonight while we continue worshipping God, I would just like that if you say, I want to see, that we pray for you tonight. Pray for you that God will open your eyes, in these four dimensions. That you start not just seeing, but you will yada, you will observe. You will accept the desire to take care, and even find the solution the Holy Spirit shows you. When you allow this prayer, you will sense in these days, you go out, you go shopping or whatever, you will sense a new sensitivity for people. You will sense a new sensitivity for the Holy Spirit's voice showing you solutions, prophetic words in the right moment, revelations, which help people and transform lives. So I just invite you, look into this mirror, and if you say, hey, honestly, I'm not really crying out. Honestly, I'm still a bit in the dust. I'm, I don't have the courage to, to look, if I find Jesus in my situation. You know, if I first would be, would be healed and would see, then I would stand up and I would go. No, no, it's not the question. You're sick, no problem, the sick can pray for the sick. The question is, do I have the hope? And am I, am I ready to receive this hope? So just, perhaps you have looked already now in the mirror and you have an answer. Can I just ask you where you are? If you say, I want to stand up there like Bartimaeus. I want to go over to Jesus and say, Kabuni, Hey Rabboni, I want to see, I want to see. If, if you say, that's me. can just where you are there, just keep your keep eyes closed. Just lift your hand. Just lift your hand. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I will pray now for you. but Then when we're in worship, I ask you to, if you allow, there will be some people here in front, or who, how you do it here, I don't know, if you on the side, on the front, side, front, front, okay, front. Um, please just come to the front, allow us to pray for you. Allow us to pray for you. And when you come to the front, just see it like, a, I go to Jesus. It's like Bartimaeus. I go to Jesus, I will find this Jesus. You express your desire this cry of hope in your heart and God will act. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for every hand, raised up, Lord. I thank you that you create this evening this desire, this hope which pushes us to to jump up so that we find you, Jesus. And that you touch our eyes and you touch our hearts that we see and identify, that we see and have compassion, that we see and are courageous, that we see and write history, that we observe and that we want to take care, that we are ready to bring salvation into our neighborhood, into our city, into our nation. Lord, I pray for everyone as they have lifted up their hands, that you, Holy Spirit, Stir up in them this holy cry, Jesus, Son David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son David, have mercy on me. And when they come to the front for prayer, Holy Spirit, that you just set them free. That you set them on fire. That you do your work, Lord. And that this in... That they will see in these coming hours and days, a transformation in their emotions, in their souls, when they see people, that they will discover, "Oh, I'm not just looking. I yada, I observe."